This morning on Women's Voices, I am talking to Jill Healy Quintard. Uh, Jill is a woman who I've met a little while ago at my Wise Women's Conference, where I meet lots and lots of wonderful women. Uh, so if anyone's ever interested in going to the Wise Women's Gathering, I highly recommend it. Uh, for just a fantastic, really life-changing experience. And when I was at the conference, I signed up for Jill's class, which involved, well, it was a lot of music and a lot of moving, and it involved, I think, bits of Pilates, bits of yoga, bits of scarf waving around, and I remembered that it was lots and lots of fun. But I know Jill does lots of things other than, um, you know, dancing to music and waving scarves around, so I thought it would be nice to have her on today and tell us about all the amazing things that Jill Healy Quintard is and what she does. How are you going, Jill? Thanks for joining us. I'm great, Kath. I love your <laughs> description of lots of waving and scarves. That was supposed to be a motivating thing to make you imagine you were flying in the sky or diving down into the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they were your worked. wings when you were flying and they were your fins when you were a fish. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I do a lot of lot of different things, and and uh, in crossover from mind body to fitness industry, and uh, fitness industry has suddenly decided it's going to uh, include mind body, which is nice. So I've been the person who has uh, introduced them to yoga and Pilates as well, and helped them to look at uh, the ways to bring it in to make it a more holistic for everybody who wants to feel more fit, more well, and that's what I do. And I've been winning quite a few awards over the years um, in this industry. So I'm like I'm, um, I've been on the edge all the time. So it's it's like my thing with mind, body and spirit stuff um, has been always, as long as I can remember. I was brought up in, a, in a, a Garigal country as a child and I used to dance on the land. And to me, I've got this spiritual side that I absolutely love and it keeps coming through with everything I do. I run workshops for women as well, like beautiful wise women that I also admire where I met you too and um, to feel the best uh, and live their best life. That's that's my theme and I do say movement is medicine. So um, you want me to keep raving or would you like <laughs> to stop for a minute and you throw something in for me? <laughs> Oh, you're not raving at all, Jill. I just enjoy listening and then um, I just wait till people stop talking. That's my trick. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but well, I do, well, I can ask you a question. Tell me about yeah. growing up a bit more on Gadigal land. Well, um, I, I was born actually, if anyone knows, at Kirribilli, right on the water uh, where the Opera House and Harbour Bridge is around there. And But at the age of eight, my parents decided to buy eight acres of land out in Duffy's Forest, which was completely isolated, still is a bit, but um, uh, still only 30 minutes from the city. But when you live there, I used to be called... In fact, it was like, um, you know, I, I went to a Catholic school at Chatswood, but for where we lived, people thought that I really lived in the country. And it was just this weird thing, and it still has that feeling about it. And my sister and I, because my father chose that we had to be going to Catholic schools, um, we had to do this, go travel. We were considered the weird ones because we lived in this country place. It wasn't country, it was Duffy's Forest, which if you look it up, you'll see where it is. It's in Karingai, where the National Park is. Anyway, so I loved doing this and we used to dance, particularly me and my sister, who is the artist that's on the cover of my book that just got released last week, my second book. Um, she 
I was the out there one and she was the behind the camera person and we used to video she used to video me and take pictures and I used to climb those incredible trees and rocks with hand with carvings, Aboriginal carvings, Aboriginal sorry, Aboriginal drawings on the rocks and we took all those pictures, which I cannot find anymore, which is shocking. Um of being on the land and that's I felt very very um akin uh, like uh, with land and spirit and so I've always moved I've always danced and for me it comes through that way through my movement so I do teach regular things like yoga and parties and I have a fusion I've got a book called yoga parties fusion I've got a course called yoga parties fusion it's called a mind, body and balanced practice and everything I do has my 10 principles which includes very much a flow and a journey through movement. So um, this has just been my whole life and I know that when people don't move, they actually can get quite sick and that's why I say movement is medicine and just for instance, if you twist your body to the right, if you're sitting in a chair, I get people to stand up rather than sit, but I'm standing at the moment. <laughs> if I'm you're sitting. standing or sitting, <laughs> if you twist to your right, right, do a lovely little spine twist, you massage your liver as well, internal organ, very good to do. And if you twist to your left, you massage your spleen and just things like that. That's a really simple movement, but movement will help you with just moving things in your body. And I know you do a lot of this too with your um, chi movement, your tai chi. Mm. So you, you'd understand this. Um, and I did chi ball, which is also a mix of tai chi and uh, yoga and pilates actually. And um, the book I've just released, which I'm going to talk about at the State Library of New South Wales tomorrow as an author's showcase, um, it's called Open the Gate. Please talk to us about it a little bit now. (laughs) I'm going on to a different tangent, but I'm going to tell you about the chi ball. Yes, please. So I I was doing chi ball training in Adelaide with five women and we rented a house together. We didn't know each other beforehand, but we decided to do this because we're all coming from different states. And so we're in Adelaide in a rented house and we brought our chi balls home. This is uh, quite a few years ago now. And I made the joke, we were having some wine actually, and I made the joke, I went, do you know this looks like a fortune teller's ball? Why don't we just do, let's, let's do some fortune telling, let's do some Ouija, I said. <laughs> Ouija, because at the old Ouija, they, I mean, I did when I was a teenager with glass on the table and letters mm. all the way around. And, and they were going, yeah, 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 let's do this. So we started doing it. And I had a woman sitting beside me and we were asking this question and the ball would do a little roll and we'd go, oh, it's going, it's going, there's a spirit in the room, you know, this sort of thing. And anyway, (laughs) um, a woman beside me grabbed my arm and she started pulling it and going really fast, like like a wheel. It wasn't a wheel, it was like a horse. And she was going, open the gate, open the gate, open the gate. And, And she said to me, I don't know you, but I think this is your mother, I'm sorry. She went like this. I mean, this is incredible. This is true. Yeah. yeah. And I went, my mother, and she said, she's on a horse. And I just went straight into, oh, my God, she told me this story when she was a little girl. They lived on a huge property in, in um, um, Gloucester and 100 acres they had in Gloucester. And she was told by her father if she didn't get her horse through the gate by sunset, she'd lose it. And she was riding around, and my mother was a very creative woman and designer, and she must have been going, oh, lovely, I'm really having a good time. Oh, but the sun's going down. And didn't know how far she had to ride, but she missed getting in the gate. 
and she lost her horse. He took it off. He took the horse off her. He took the horse her and said that she would never. Yeah, that was it. She won't have a horse again. Oh no! So she never forgave him, and um, she told me this story. This is so long ago now. I remember when, when he, in fact. We were still living in Kirribilli when she told me this story. She, her, she got a notice that her father was ill and he was um, on his deathbed, basically, in Victoria. And she said, do you know I haven't talked to my father for years? And she told me this story. And I've never forgotten it. And then mm-hmm. at, this, at this T-ball thing, I'm being told, you know, your mother's yelling out, open the gate. And suddenly I went, that's my story, you know. Open the gate to freedom. Open the gate to having a positive, infinite possibilities for anything you want to do. And mm. that's the book. It's called Open the Gate and A Life of Infinite Possibilities. So wow. here is where I talk about movement as medicine. I have all the formulas as in the right nutrition, the hormone balance and women going through menopause. It's a big topic at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, menopausal treatment, um, all of that to um, help Women particularly live their best life, and so I run courses and workshops on this. And um, what I absolutely adore to do is put all sorts of different music, from tribal beats to, to you know, sort of classical. My mother was a classical pianist, so I always had that as well. Um, for people to move to and get the rhythm through their body, mm. and and change their energy and change their lift their vibrations. So all those things, all those classic words that everyone uses these days, but I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so much in that, Jill. If you've just tuned in with us, uh, we're on Yas FM talking with Jill Healy-Quintard who um, has just written uh, her second book about movement is medicine and um, combines uh, yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, music uh, and a whole bunch of other principles to come up with um, healthy movements, particularly for Women, there's so much in what you've just said. I have now a bunch of questions, <laughs> which I've probably forgotten half of. Um, I just want to ask Chris, first, I really like that you said that, you know, sitting is bad for you and you need to move. I mean, I tell my 14-year-old son this all the time, and I told him last night for the millionth time, because yeah. they sit so still on their chairs playing their computer games and all that kind of thing. And their eyes straight ahead, so their yes. eyes yes. getting the right movement. And I'm like, if you don't move, you get sick because the human body yeah. is designed to move. Here and we are. I really yeah. liked when you um just did that you know, twist to the right, twist to the left thing, because I actually did it at the same time. And yeah. even just, I mean, I'm sitting in a chair, you kind of have to sit while you're at the radio station. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't really work yeah. otherwise. Uh, but even just doing that simple thing, because I would normally, you know, even with my training and stuff, I still wouldn't think about it while I was presenting a radio show and I would just sit here pretty much still for an hour. Right. So right. now I've, since you said it, I've actually continually been doing it, giving yeah. my <laughs> liver a massage and my spleen a massage. That's great. It's the spleen and the liver, but also your spine, because your muscles are attached to the spine, as you know, it's bone. And it also helps with people with preventing osteoporosis, just something as simple as that, is doing those twists, spine twists, mm. because the muscle's pulling against the bone, keeping the bone healthy. Mm. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's really simple techniques, but um, a lot of people don't know them and don't do them. Um, and people, yeah, generally, what was it said a couple of years ago, I, was, I wrote an article for a magazine and... and it was called, it was a bit controversial, but it got out there that um, sitting is the new smoking. That was years ago I wrote that. Did sitting you write that? Smoking. I've, yes, I've years heard ago. that many times, sitting yeah, is the new smoking. Yeah. That's from you. It, it was in, um, I think it came out in, um, 
was it the Telegraph Body and Soul or something like that? One of those. Yeah. It, was one, it was years and years ago, like yeah. 2005 or six or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. smoking, uh, sitting in the new smoking. No, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm also guilty of it, of course, as well. But I do, I do have a sit-stand desk at home and I try to stand as much as I can. But sometimes yeah. once you start sitting, it's hard to – it is really hard yeah. to get out of habit. Yeah. And unless yeah. it's in your consciousness that, you yeah. know, I have to move, then people just don't do it and then, you know, wonder why they sort of get sick all the time. The other thing I wanted to ask was, um, you know, about the tea ball. Tell me what exactly – is that made of and what does it look oh, like? Oh, it's a and... cute little, little rubber ball, but it's made in Adelaide, um, these balls. It's a little round ball with aromatherapy oils impregnated oh. and um, so diff- and different colours. So if you think of your chakra balancing as well, so we can go down that path too, um, different colours, different aromas also t- change the way you feel and think. So it, it's to do with... Um, what I used to do when I first started teaching it, I actually don't teach tea ball anymore. I just incorporate it into what I do now. But I used to um, throw the balls in the middle of the room and <laughs> evaluate people by what colour they picked up. Um, and, you know, the, the high energy people would always pick up a red ball. Um, the, the people who were feeling a little bit down would pick up a yellow ball. Um, I, um, the grey, I had grey, I had pink because they came out during, it was a breast cancer thing. Um it was interesting because not a lot of people would pick up the pink ball. But just um, it's just a ball that you use and the movement to go with it is, for instance, if you go into, say, uh, Warrior 2, would you know what I'm meaning? You would, uh, wouldn't you? Perhaps you can explain it for the listeners. So you go into, so taking your legs into a, a wide second position, which is open leg, turn, I'll just go with the right foot. So you get have the chi ball in your hand, in your right hand, Turn your right foot out, left foot in, and then inhale. The ball is in the hand. And then as you exhale, you reach out and look for the ball in your right hand. So it's like a flow movement. Mm -hmm. And then you bring it across. So just again, just that little movement, you're starting to move your spine as well. But the ball, you follow the ball, so you follow the eye movement, which, again, I'll have to throw that in, I use very much now. It's for people that exercise their eyes that are sitting at computers all day too. An eye movement that you follow... And then bring it up over the head going into a lateral stretch. That means a side stretch. Mm-hmm. Keep flowing. Drop it all the way down. You're following the ball, following the ball, following the ball. Come back up. Bring it up. Take it into your left hand. Arms above your head. Turn your left foot. Right foot the other way. Change hands and do the same thing. So it's all flow and movement. That's just it. And breath. So flow, mm-hmm. movement and breath. Um, and working on several different principles there of alignment, of core, that comes into it, um, focus, breath, um, balance, all of those sort of different aspects come through with it. This is this is my way of using it, by the way. Mm. Um, the chi ball that I studied, it was it included Feldenkrais as well, um, which I, instead of that, I do yoga nidra. Um, but I always use the ball as a focus, or it can be a back to help your spine lengthen. It can be underneath your shoulder base as you lie on the floor to open up your chest and your heart, you know, lifting to up into a fish pose and these sort of things. Um, what mm. else can I say? But, yes, it's all those different <laughs> colours, yellow, yeah. yellow, grey, black, um, red, blue, green. A lot of people pick the blue and the green. Um, yeah. 
So, the grey sounds interesting. What's the grey meant to relate to? You know what? I'm just trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's to do with, I'm trying to think right now because uh, the grey, oh, God, it's very rarely used. Isn't that funny? Ooh, ooh, Did you ooh, say that each ball like, is supposed to relate to is, a chakra? Yes, yes. I'm thinking the black or the grey are liver. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, black is usually yes. kidneys in Chinese medicine. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure about grey. I haven't heard While of While I'm walking around, I can actually <laughs> probably go and grab one. Oh, that's okay. I just wondered <laughs> off the top of my head. Because I'd on like the to ask random questions. Yeah, now go on, what you can say. Well, um, so the other thing you mentioned was including Feldenkrais, and um, I find that really fascinating. So for people who have not heard of Feldenkrais, I mean, I'm sure that Jill can tell more, but I mean, I've had a a go a couple of times. So there's a lovely lady called Shona who also comes to Wise Witham Gathering, and she runs Feldenkrais workshops there, um, and she also calls it something like talking to your body or having conversation with your body and your nerves, and for me, um, it's amazing because it sort of involves using the smallest move, using the smallest movements possible to kind of move your body. And you might only move your leg, for instance, out, um, you know, one centimeter and then back in again and then again and one centimeter and back again and feeling exactly uh, really being aware of your body and feeling where yeah. does my body actually move first? Like, you think you're moving your knee, but in fact, the more you are relaxed and feeling your body, you realize that actually the movement starts more in your lower back, you know, and then which muscle well, does it start in? And, in you know, well, probably in the head, but I guess you can't really, yeah, maybe you can feel that. I don't know. But I just found it fascinating that moving such slight movements actually could make you feel, and it's about finding a better way sort of to move. And especially for people who, you know, have limited movement or whatever for a reason, there's easier ways to move, but you need to sort of focus yes. on your body first. And that's, of course, what most people don't do because we're all up in our heads and not paying attention to our body, which is one of the other reasons why people hurt themselves yeah. Um, yeah, so much yeah, as well. Exactly. So your stuff also um, helps people really be in their body and out of their head, would you say? Yes, but I do more yoga nidra, which you probably know as well. And then it is visualizing what your body's doing. So more than actually moving your body. Mm. So I don't use the Feldman Christ. I had to learn it, but I found for what I was doing and how I had been working for years with people that because I'm doing all the other movement, I want to bring people down to not actually moving, mm. but seeing in their head that their body can just slow down and relax. So I work on that level. Mm. So, so for instance, starting with and working on intentions. So people, it's 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 thinking about what you really want and visualizing them, and then seeing and using breath, and then seeing each part of your body relax. So you visualize it, and what happens is people just quite often just fall asleep. <laughs> yes, but I've experienced that. You <laughs> know, conscious. It's sort of a, it's a, it's an unconscious. I mean a. An unconscious waking, it's called the the, um, the waking sleep. That's what it's called. Mm, I love yoga nidra. Uh, it's so relaxing. Yeah. So I do that in every single class, but I've done that for 43 years. I actually used to do it with my kindergarten children when I was a teacher. Mm. And um, I was at a Catholic school, back to that Catholic I brought up before, yeah. but I was teaching at a Catholic school. And everyone say, what do you do to those children? They're, they come out of school completely 
you know, like kids usually run out and they're crazy and they're all over the place and they're hyperactive. They'd be really cool and calm and I'd say I did yoga nidra and then I got into trouble because the nuns told me that it was against the Catholic religion. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so then I'd say, oh, we're just doing relaxing. Yeah, exactly, so, which is the yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it was okay. Oh. So, um, yeah, but I've used it and ageing adults I use it with. Um, I have an 82-year-old that's one of my clients who's been coming to me since she was probably 58, something like that, a very long time. And she said that she does it every day and it's the one thing that keeps her, well, apart from movement, mm. but that actually she thinks it keeps her, her brain going, her mind alert, all of that sort of thing too, an added thing. Mm. So I hadn't sort of thought of that before about it keeping mind alert. Yeah. Well, I guess it does something for all your body. So if anyone listening hasn't heard of yoga nidra before, it's not like yoga in which you're stretching and and being flexible on postures, which I can't really do, which is one reason why I really do Tai Chi and Qigong because I can't get on the floor and do yoga. That's right. But but the yoga nidra is fascinating and like yoga sleep or sleep yoga is also another word for it, which you don't actually fall asleep. Well, not most do, but I often do. And it's really good for those people who actually really struggle to fall asleep at night from you know constant thoughts or whatever the reason is just pop on yes. a you know google on on spotify or on youtube or anything oh, you can find website. many there's a free one. Oh, there you go there's a free one on jill's website <laughs> which we will mention that yeah. at the end but that's another yeah. resource um there's also yeah. plenty of other yoga nidra so nidra is n-i-d-r-a and um a really good way to help you go to sleep um at night as well because it just really does you know send your consciousness through your body and being aware of each of the parts of the body and not judging them but just observing them sort of exactly. how they are. That's which it. is That's good yeah. one to say, not judging. Yeah, um, yeah which is part of the whole. It's also good if you wake up in the middle of the night too. I give this to menopausal women who are having hot sweats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To do a yoga nidra. This is Yas FM 100.3, bringing yeah. you the best of the night. Yeah. It works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, a lot of our... Well, look, I don't know what say symptoms, but our sort of reaction to, to these sorts of things actually makes it worse because when we do judge and we think, oh, why are we going through this? Oh, this is horrible. I can't stand this or whatever actually yeah. makes it worse. And instead, by putting some sort of awareness um, on it and just trying to feel it as a sensation actually can um, make it feel less intense. I used to do that with yeah. hot flushes when I had them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I was lucky through menopause not to have the terrible night sweats that a lot of women have, but I did have hot flushes, which nearly everybody has. And, yeah. and yeah. I really yeah. used to use them as almost like a meditation. Like when I, I mean, not to start with, I just was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Throw my clothes off. But after a yeah. while... I started to just, you know, use it as a meditation and observe it coming. And then yes, after a while, that's I could, really good. you know. That's a really yeah. good thing to use, actually. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't used that as a meditation. I mean, I haven't said that to people. That's a great one. I'll, yeah. I'll well, I used one. to just observe. <laughs> yeah, sure. I used to just observe it and it would actually start from the from the feet and legs and, and I could yeah. feel it actually traveling up my body yeah. and so that I knew when it got yeah. to about my chest height, I knew that soon it'd be up and out of my head and be gone. So it was actually, Fantastic. I just used to breathe deeply that's and just really watch That's really good, it. you know. Well, you know what happened, Jill, is that what yeah. I noticed is that when I did that, I didn't have to throw any clothes off. And yeah, so yeah. in winter, you know, you've got all your jumpers and whatever. And, you know, if you've never had a hot flush, tell me, even if it's, I'll tell you, even if it's the middle of the winter, you don't care. You still want to throw everything off. And yeah, then a minute yeah. later, you're cold. So I noticed when I did start doing that, that observation of it, not really so much a meditation, but more of an observation, um, yeah. I didn't have to, I didn't feel like I had to 
throw my clothes off anymore. And I knew that it would only last for a minute. So just that knowledge was enough that I didn't have to react, you know, yeah, when it happened. Yeah, yeah. And that really made a lot of difference um, yeah. to me. Yeah. What other no, advice really would you have one. for like menopausal women when it comes to moving your body or exercising? Well, it, it's also um, it, the exercise changes from the, you know, people are thinking, oh, they have to lose weight and have to do this, have to do that, and uh, they might make their exercise more intense because of that. It's better actually not to make your exercise intense, but to actually do things that suit you and you, that feel feel good for you. So lifting, still lifting weights, but not going full on into power lifting. Because that's what, there seems to be this sort of, radical thing where they go, oh, I've got to do a bit more workout. I've got to, I, I can't eat anymore and, I, I, you know, I'm putting on weight and, you know, like this panic that starts to happen. And then that starts to happen. Then you find, I believe, that the hot flushes get worse and the mental state becomes uh, embedded that this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So I try and do a group thing where I talk to people and tell them, in fact, it's a very liberating thing. One good part of menopause, good part of menopause is that I'm not going to be having a monthly cycle that is driving me insane anymore. Uh, I, I don't have to be, you know, dependent on that and thinking about, well, what can I wear because I, you know, that's what's coming. You know, all the different things that happens with having a monthly cycle that we all just have to live with, mm-hmm. and and how it's really liberating. Don't have to worry about being pregnant anymore. That's another one. Um, and so I try and get people to do positive thinking and still continue doing their nice flow exercises, maybe start lifting some weights more because this is when this stage is set for actually losing um, bone density, you know, during menopause. Yeah. So to actually lift hand weights, um, not go crazy with them though, but lift hand weights. And I again back into my yoga fusion class my I use hand weights in the class all the way through, and um, and weight, so, any weight bearing exercise is is good too, isn't it? Yeah, push ups, push ups, and and uh, alternate leg and arm lifts and things from all point kneeling, unless there's any issues like carpal tunnel or um, <clears throat> you know something shoulder issues or something like that. So everything can be modified. But back to the movement part of it, this is where movement is medicine as well. So movement will help. I mean, I know myself when I was doing, having hot flushes in the middle of classes, I would sort of keep moving, throw off a few layers of, you know, if it was winter and, you know, sweatshirts and things and still continue moving and then that would just calm it all down. Hmm. So um, the worst thing to do is probably, you know, to, to not move. Back to that again for anything really. This is where movement is medicine. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I'll run... Uh, I also have a naturopath that I um, have uh, to, to question about supplements and things like that to help as well, and an integrative doctor who, um, if people want to go down that track, can um, go on to bioidentical hormone treatment, not 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 HRT, not the normal HRT, but the bioidenticals. Do you know them about them? I have heard of them, um, but maybe you can just refresh my memory. <laughs> Well, bioidenticals, they use, um, instead of um, chem- uh, whatever the formula Big Pharma use, I'm not particularly sure, but bioidentical using plants, a plant medicine rather than a, the other medicines. I mean, I, 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 the formulas, I'm not sure. I actually, and I'd have to look it up. I actually have papers on it, but I'd have to look it up because um, I actually haven't, I haven't really discussed this with people lately. I've given them the, um, 
I've given them the details of the doctor to go to if they want to talk about that. Mm. So, and are they uh, are they they meant to be more sort of sympathetic to the system than the <clears throat> other well, kind of HRT? Is that the idea? Yeah, what the idea is, they're not a one size fits all. Mm. So, which HRT is? Um, what happens with bioidenticals? Go to an integrative doctor who. Um, is one here in Sydney that I recommend people to go to. He does a blood test and then he looks at what actually is happening, where your testosterone is, your estrogen, your progesterone, etc. And um, and he will then uh, make up a formula and that formula is used um, daily. Uh, so progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, DHEA, very important actually. Um, and And they will take that and... You, uh, they just say, oh, my God, that was amazing, the best thing I've ever done. That's Women who've been taking it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So they do that plus they keep exercising and, you know, they don't put on the weight and all the things that everybody says that happens. Um, so it's just another alternative. But mm. there's other things that people take too that are actually over the counter, um, you know, through uh, naturopathic sort of things as well that you can get through Chemist Warehouse even. Mm. So um, There's a lot of stuff around and there's a lot of information out there, but it's also, it's like anything, there's like an overload. It's confusing. And, yeah, yeah, very confusing. And also every woman's experience of menopause is completely individual. Of course, So yeah. there's, it's not like yeah. you can look up and go, oh, I'm in menopause, what exactly should I do? Um, yeah. You know, so it is very confusing and um, I think a lot of women do need... Uh, you know, some kind of um, help through it, a lot more than you can get from your average GP who has very little to no training in oh, menopause yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The average yeah. GP would put you put them on straight onto HRT. Mm. So, and even though there's been links to breast cancer, they're still to put it on HRT. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, that that's another sort of kettle of fish because um, I do know that the the study that a lot of that um, media was about actually turned out to be flawed, and HRT can uh, cause um, in in the pill, in like in the if you take it as a pill, and if you're already sensitive to estrogen cancers, um, mm. then you do have an increased risk. But in fact, mm. if you're not, then it doesn't, and and also the pa- the uh, patches and the gels don't carry that risk. So if you are concerned about you know any sort of risk of cancer and, and estrogen, then if you use the patches and creams, then that um, mm. it, it's mm. fine. But yeah, that's probably another topic for an old other show. Yeah, <laughs> they say that with the bioidenticals too that there doesn't seem to be any risk of breast cancer, but mm. um, but that's because the estrogen is very very. So if there was in a family of estrogen um, breast cancer caused by overload of estrogen, then the estrogen would be very minimal that mm. would be used. Mm. So mm. It, that's why, so it identifies the actual people what what's happening to them. Mm. Yeah. So rather than just as I say, one size fits all. But yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that about what you just said then. I didn't know the creams and the gels. Yeah. Not have the risk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They discovered it was only the sort of one the when you take the actual. Um, the medicine, like internally, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jill, uh, yeah, I've been listening to Jill Hilly Quintard on YesFM with Kath Kovac on Women's Voices. Jill, um, tell us. So, you said you were talking about your book t- uh, tomorrow at a at a launch. Is this the launch of your book? The and is this yeah, the well, open yes. the gate? It, well, it, it just happens to work in this way, which was quite interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it's called the um, Authors Showcase. It's actually uh, look. It's on LinkedIn and it's also on Facebook. It's Jane Turner who runs it 
called Jane Turner's Authors Showcase. And she has me and I think five other authors that she has been, in fact, she's been sort of my mentor through this. She helped me get the last one done as well. She's an author um, or Jane Well, Turner? she's Jane Turner. She's is an author, but she has a, has a program called Write with Jane that she uses, um, that she helps people to get their book out there. And, um, yeah, she and I, uh, we went to India together actually at the Women's Economic Forum in 2017 and I won an award and so did she. Mm. Um, hers was, she talks about, she uses NLP and all sorts of things to help people to overcome their, um, their, their negative mindset about themselves. So she helps people through those stages of thinking I'm not good enough, et cetera, et cetera, to help them to write their book, which mm. is quite incredible. Mm. Um, mine was about keeping your working body fit and that was about standing rather than sitting at a desk all day too. Um, so, um, Mm. Mm. yeah, so we sort of then when we were, um, returning, she said to me, Jill, you've got such a story. You should be writing your book. And so this is how it started. So, um, yeah, Yeah. I eventually got it out there in 2023, starting at, I started it in 218. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, that's all right. I've been writing a Mm. kid's book for about five years now, at least, that I still haven't finished. (laughs) Um, Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, a woman said to me yesterday, she went, oh, my God, when did you do that? And I said, well, it came out last week. I've just finally published it, got it published. And she said, everybody says that they're they're writing a book, but not not many people actually get their books out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so many unwritten unwritten books, isn't there, sitting around. And, you know, and and a lot of people are like, oh, I could have done that, but then they don't. It's like when the kids see or anyone really sees some art, you know, at the gallery and those kind of paintings that are like, you know, a red and a black square or something that literally like anyone could do. <laughs> and yeah. then they go, oh, I could do that. It's not fair. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you could do it, but these are the yeah. people who actually do it. So, yeah, there's a difference well, isn't it, I, in that's writing exactly a book right. and publishing a book. Yep, yep. This is what I'm talking about in the book is the fact that um, we only limit ourselves. Mm. So, you know, our mindset, I do talk about mindset and, uh, and, and things to help you become – positive mindset, particularly women, because a lot of women and, you know, they, they tend to get bogged down a lot with the fact of being mothers and wives and uh, having having children and having to do all those sort of things and, and not getting, feeling as though they've got freedom anymore and all that sort of thing happens. But um, I, I sort of, again, I go back into hormones and all the different things that affect people and how to come out of them again, back to lifting vibrations. I've mentioned all of those things. And and to move, mm-hmm. <laughs> movement mm-hmm. is medicine. Mm-hmm. Will help through all those things in order to open the heart, lift the vibration, and get out and do what you want to do. You don't have to be walking all over people. You don't have to be you know mean. You don't have to be any of those things. It's just starting, getting yourself started on doing the things that you start feeling regret if you don't. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's menopause is, is of course a time of that when you think, Oh, why I haven't ever done this and I didn't do that. Yeah, and and yeah. it's really a tough thing to turn it around and to think, well, actually, you know, going by today's statistics, I quite possibly have another 50 years of life left. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. so well, what, what can I do? You know, like what can yeah. I do now? And, and yeah. really it, it is ourselves who stops ourselves from doing things. Yeah, it's just a yeah. hard thing to realize that because it's very yeah, easy to yeah. blame circumstance and, 
that kind yeah. of thing instead of realizing that practically everything we do is actually a choice um yes. whether we yeah, feel exactly. we we're forced into that or not but really um you know you do choose even how to react to situations not necessarily yeah. choose what to do so that's again another topic probably for another day. There's a lot of topics. I, I wanted like, to, huge. yeah, I wanted to say one thing, Jill, when you said that, so the book's called Open the Gate. Is that right? Yeah. Right. And so when you said that, what came to me is because you said you talk about or you involve, you know, a bit of the chi balls or the tai chi, what have you. And in, in qigong, um, you know, there is certain, uh, like gates in the body or energy gates in oh, the body. That's right. yeah. And, um, so that made me think of that. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. That, um, because I was just learning in a class last night about the, the sort of kidney gate, basically, which is a yeah. point either side of the, the spine and lower back near the kidneys. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so the idea of a lot of these things is because we're so blocked up, we have so many energy blockages everywhere, basically from sitting still a lot of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, these gates, um, which are sort of like points that energy can flow through, they also become blocked. And so opening the gate kind of refers to a- allowing yeah, that energy so to travel through. Yeah, through the meridians and through the yeah. acupuncture points and everything. And there's lots of gates in the body. Um, but, yeah, just lots of energy gates. And I just when you said the title of the book, I was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of, you know, un- unknowingly, I guess, um, well, I, related yeah, I, to that too. I didn't even – yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That's an mm. interesting way. I've got to talk about it tomorrow. Maybe I'll mention it. Or maybe I'll look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up and just see what I can find. Don't you find there's always – it's like this thing, you know, you 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 know a, a bit about something and then yeah, the most yeah. important thing to realise is that there is so much more to know about that thing. Oh, of course there is. Isn't yes. it? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to get overwhelmed to think, well, I know a little bit about Tai Chi, but there's this mountain of knowledge. Or I know a little bit about yoga, but there's huge yeah. thousands of years of knowledge and, and – yeah, there's, and I'm interested in a lot of, like you, you know, I'm interested also in a lot of different topics, which basically energy is the the main kind of what, like backdrop to all of those. Yeah. Um, and again, like you learn a tiny little bit and then you go, oh, there's all this other. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> it's it's just started pouring rain here. Is it raining there? Oh, no, it's dry as a bone here. In the house. You're oh, in Sydney, God. right, Jill? It's just teeming, like teeming, and oh. it's all gone. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's all. And I just thought it might be too noisy. You might not be able to hear me. No, no, no. I can hear you fine, Jill. So, yeah. so let me know. Um, you mentioned before that you had a yoga nidra meditation on your website. So, is that the best way for people to find you? And what is your website? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, at the moment, um, it's still open, but I'm getting a new one, and um, it's called bodyandbalance.com.au. dot oh, That's easy is, to remember. Body, which is my business, oh. Body and Balance. Yeah. dot com dot au. Body and Balance. Now, okay. On that site, there's links to free yoga nidra, free classes, but also links to uh, what I also do is run programs for women in particular. Um, uh, there's, I think I've got I've got pre-recorded classes that people actually want to do a class, and all of them have yoga nidra in them. Um, but the one I have, it's a free one, is the short one. So I do a short one at the end of every other class, every class I should say, um, and this is just going through um, really relaxing your body in, a, in quite a relatively short time. Then I have a longer one which has chakra balancing in it and I think that's on there for, like, I don't know, I think it, it does cost something but I think it's about $5 or something like that. Um, but it's all, if, if you just sort of navigate through the website even though it's at the point of being closed down, but it's still got everything on it now until the new one opens up. And will everything be transferred? 
Yeah, they all yeah. transferred. So all my classes are on there now. And yeah, I've just <clears> um, I'm sort of rebranding a bit. Mm. So yeah, and so I'm thinking, will a new website have the same name as the old one? Well, this is what we were discussing yesterday. She said to me, do you want to rebrand it and change your name altogether? And she thought Jill HQ because my name is Jill Harry Quintard and maybe I just should rebrand and just have myself. But I said, but everyone, I've had this body and balance business for years. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I actually started this, believe it or not, back in the 1980s. Yeah, right, way um, before websites. Oh, yeah, I didn't call it. Yeah, yeah the business, it was called um, Stretch Con- Body and Balance Stretch Connection. I had it which I know from talking to people was probably one of the first active wear shops in Australia. Oh. So I was designing and getting made um, Lycra, Lycra, you know, when Lycra hit the scene yeah. and, and everybody was doing aerobics. Yes, I was I was uh, doing that as well, but I also um, was designing and having clothes made and selling them. Wow. So, and it was, yeah, had a, I had a physical shop and then I stopped that and just had a um, a. People want to order through me, and then it became an online shop, and mm. now I don't do it at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. We go through these phases, don't we? Yeah, You're yeah, a woman yeah. of many talents. Speaking of aerobics, um, when I was in Spain, one of the things I really wanted to do was go dancing, and I actually wanted to have a flamenco lesson, but that, yeah. we couldn't find one in time. But I did go to see a flamenco show, which was amazing. Yeah. But, in Barcelona uh, or somewhere else? No. In fact, in Madrid. Uh, Madrid, yeah. oh, no, 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 not in, in Malaga, right down the south of Spain in Malaga, yes, actually. Yeah, 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 and yeah. But what I did on my last day in Spain, which was up in Madrid, staying with a friend who I met um, online years ago, yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually went to a Zumba class in a car park. It was oh, hilarious. God, I used to do that too. And yeah. I'd never done Zumba and I wasn't sure what it was, but yeah. it kind of reminded me a little bit of, of I guess, your classes because the yeah. guy was running it. He was smiling the whole time and looked so happy. And I'm like, how can he look so happy doing this? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and you know very aerobics and for anyone who hasn't done Zumba it kind of was like dancing aerobics to like Spanish yeah. music and yeah. I didn't do it very excessively we were a bit yeah. worried about getting sweaty you know because it was our last day and we had to go straight to the plane in the in the evening right. so yeah, you know yeah. we we backed it off that was my excuse for being really unfit or saying I can't get too sweaty <laughs> but, but Zumba was great it? yeah there was like 40 people about 39 right. women and one guy yeah. who looked to be about 75 or 80 oh. And he was going for it, and um, in in a car park in in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Madrid. <laughs> so in Australia, there's always this issue with council permission and all that sort of thing. So you sort of can't just jump out and do it like oh. you know, like you do in in Europe. Because I know I was doing zumba on the beach in France, and mm. there's no way you can do it here. You have really? to have council permission, pay lots of money, and then oh. have to have all these licenses and all of this sort of thing. But oh. I was doing zumba in a beach club um, when. Well, I think 207, I think oh, that's when I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. I find Australia very risk-averse in that way. That's And I love oh, Europe God, because yeah. people just yeah. literally don't really care what you do. As long as you're not hurting someone else, you can know, do whatever. That feeling of freedom you know, is fabulous. It's great. And I really yeah. loved like people. Um, another thing I loved was in um, not so much in Spain. I think the cyclists riding through the cities, um, mostly war helmets because they probably would have been crazy otherwise. But in Croatia particularly, Lots of people ride push bikes and you don't have to wear a helmet over there. And it just really yeah. reminded of being in the 1980s here yeah, and still yeah, being kind yeah. of free to just like, 
you know, jump on your bike and just do whatever. And there were and like people saying, dinking, yeah. you know, like yeah, I haven't seen anyone yeah. dinking anyone on a bike for years. Yeah, so yeah. people doing that and just riding the scooters around and, and dogs running around the street and kids just playing in the street. And, and to me, it was very much um, relaxed. Sounds, and it sounds a lot healthier too, doesn't it? Just real, just more relaxed and less stressed and, mm. oh, am I doing something wrong, you know? And when I tell them yeah. the rules, all the rules we have in Australia, they were like, oh, really? Really? Wow. <laughs> it's interesting actually because that friend of mine I mentioned that lives in Barcelona. He's lived there since, oh, he's been there for probably 18 years living in Barcelona. And I remember he came, he comes back because his mum's still here and he comes back and he stays here. And he says, have we become really bad in Australia? I said, what do you mean? This is what he said to me a few years back. He said, I can't believe all the rules everywhere, the signs everywhere that you're not allowed to do anything. <laughs> and that was, that really stood out. And then I know when I've been in Spain myself, the same thing. You don't, you don't notice this sort of, rule system it's like it is here but that's you know mm. no it somehow just seems a bit more kind of uh just like yeah just do what you do what you want and just don't yeah. hate others basically yeah yeah so jill it's been fascinating talking to you but i will have to um hop off soon to go to the news and i wanted to play a song also before we left and i thought this song was um very related um, to you because I have a lot of respect for you and I hope that you like Aretha Franklin because that's what I'm yeah. going to play. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for being yeah. on Women's Voices um, with me here on Yes FM. And um, Jill, I just want to repeat that website. It was www.bodyandbalance.com.au body if you're interested. What Jill does, um, a lot of her online stuff or recorded classes, all that kind of thing, she does um, fabulous things. And and if there's one line you can leave us with, Jill, what would that be? Oh, I'm back to movement is medicine. But I, I have to say we must move in order to keep moving uh, to move our bodies and our minds. That's right. So, we, we must. Mm. And remember to sit in the chair and twist to the right and the left, which I've been doing for yes. the last hour. So thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. Great, great to yeah. talk with you, Jill, and um, have a wonderful day. Are you putting the music on? I am. <laughs> okay, great. I'll listen to that. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thanks, Kath. It's been fantastic. Thanks. Bye.
Oh, that was Aretha Franklin, uh, one of our favourites with respect. So thanks very much to Jill Healy-Quintard for talking to me this morning.